Welcome to Examining Scripture. We seek to encourage believers in Jesus Christ to drink from the Word of Life. As God's revelation to mankind, we want to demystify the Bible and help you find what God has to say about the circumstances you're facing. We're not pastors or theologians. We're sinners just like you, who, by the grace of God, have come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. If we can thirst for Scripture, so can you. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Red, along with co-host Nancy Carmichael. Thank you for joining us in another episode of Examining Scripture. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Bob. We're in the second part of our series on the gospel. And before we jump into that, I would like to kind of give a shout out. We uh, here at Examining Scripture have two new sponsors and one of those is a project nancy's working uh has been working on for a long time called the isle of misfits you can find it at isleofmisfits.com and uh very appreciative appreciative of that nancy and i just listened to your latest podcast or at least i think it's your latest podcast with dr michael gillum and I invite anybody and everybody that really is interesting uh, interested in hearing an incredibly smart guy, astrophysicist, mathematician. I'll probably get that wrong, and Nancy can clue us in. Uh, and just his heart for the gospel, particularly as a as a renowned scientist with many other attributes to his career. So, Nancy, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Isle of Misfits? Oh, aren't you kind? Well, thank you, first of all, for that that kind endorsement. Um, and yeah, we've been doing this for a little while. And, you know, God, you know, when God is involved, when he just gives you outrageous favor, right? So Michael, Dr. Michael Gillen, or Dr. G, as he likes to be called, is um, is evidence of that. So He's been uh, a repeat guest on the aisle, which just is even all the more staggering that he keeps coming back. He's such a gracious guy. And as you said, you were absolutely right. He's a mathematician, astrophysicist. You know, Harvard is on his resume, not just as a student, but as a professor, ABC science editor, like on and on and on. This guy, he he is accomplished. And yet... Here he is spending time with us on the Isle of Misfits, and he is a um, a passionate believer. He loves Jesus. He's uh, unabashed in his faith, and he's and he's also winsome. So you know, you put all that together: smart, winsome, loves Jesus. Um, yeah, he is just you know anything he says is interesting. So the fact that he's with us, uh, it was, it was a great interview. He has, he writes books on top of everything else. And his last book is called let creation speak. And he, the, the premise of it is it's all fun facts about the world, about creation, about the universe, things that you probably don't know and tying it in with biblical truth. And it's, yeah. So we talked a lot about that. So thanks for that shout out, Bob. Yeah, and I read his book, uh, another recent book called "Believing Is Seeing," and I yes. think uh, I'd, I'd recommend that to anybody. I believe one of the uh, mantras of the Isle of Misfit is Misfits is to own your awkward and own your I, awkward. That's our number one core value. Yes. Yeah, and I am I am a uh, misfitter myself, so uh, glad well, and the... very grateful for you uh, 
being a part of the sponsor of this podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, we're grateful to, yeah, we're grateful to be associated with you. Right. And, and that's the thing. So no, you know, just knowing what you just said, right. Uh, I identify with Miss. You would be amazed, may, uh, shocked even, or not how many people are identifying as misfits. So it's, you know, Hey, we got, we got Dr. Michael Gillen on our team. We have, you know, every guest that I've ever had. And, and they're again, just amazing people, outrageous favor of God. They're all on board. They're all on team misfit because the truth is all of us were wired for a purpose, God's purpose. Um, and often that is at odds with what's going on in the world today, right? Because we live in this world. This world is kind of at war, not kind of, is at war in many that's right. ways with the truth. And that's going to slide into what we're about to talk about in a, in a second with the gospel. Um, but we are not, as Christians especially, we are not of this this world, meaning this system. So in that sense, we're misfits, but everybody at some point in their life can identify with not fitting in. Yeah. And I love that whole idea of owning your awkward because it really speaks to a humility that certainly Nancy, uh, you have, you are, and, and you exhibit in all its, um, wonderful facets. So, uh, yeah, that appreciate I appreciate all you do about myself. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Yeah. Well, I think that I think the more honest we are with ourselves around that kind of thing, uh, the more uh, just the better world we'll live in. Amen. So we uh, are in uh, part two of uh, the gospel podcast uh, series. And I guess I'd just like you to give us a quick recap of uh, the first one, if you would, maybe a minute, uh, half a minute, a minute, a uh, recap. So, all right, I'll do my best and then you'll fill in the, you'll fill in the gaps, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So last time we, we literally talked about that famous verse, right? That most people know, even if you're not a Christian, if you've ever been to or seen a football game, John 316, right? So what is John 316? Well, this is how we know it. I say it along with me out there in in examining the scriptures land. For God so, so loved, the, loved world the world that he gave his, his one and only, only son, son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal have life. eternal life. Right. And that's the essence of the gospel right there that we we need him. We need eternal life. We can't do it on our own. Right. We, it's, it's, we want to because that's kind of baked into our humanity. Right. This this desire, this desire to be in control. But that's yeah, we're, we're not up for that job description of God. We need him to the purpose for our lives. Just in case you're wondering, what is the purpose of life? The purpose of life is union with him to be with him forever. Right. There's there's a saying it's called the Westminster Confession. And it goes like this. The, the chief purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So really, and that speaks to union. Jesus talked about union. And I know I'm, I'm all over the map, but it's all going to come in for a landing here. Jesus, you know, that was one of some of his parting words to his disciples is that um, he was praying for them, saying that they may be one, meaning the, the, the people that he was talking to, his disciples, but then he also included all of us for all time. They may be one as he is one with the Father. So union with Jesus and the Father is the goal. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it through our good works. We needed that propitiation, big word, that satisfaction big word. for our 
for our shortcomings, for our, our sin, our sinful nature, which is death, really. It's not about even just good deeds versus bad deeds. It's the fact that we were dead in our sins. And that we is so can't right. make ourselves alive. So Jesus did that for us by dying, paying the price for our sin. And then the most important thing of all, raising from the dead, resurrecting from the dead so that we can be with him forever. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I really like how you said it in the last podcast. You said uh, Christ didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live that's and, right right and yeah i and, wish i had made that up i didn't but i love well, it I, so for, I, I, for, it. Yeah. I forgot who you attributed it to uh i don't know that i even remember uh who did but but it's a great saying and it it really speaks to a truth that our non-believing brothers and sisters which uh if you're listening welcome thank you very much we are here really to talk to our believing brothers and sisters, those who believe in Jesus Christ and and strengthen them and edify them and encourage them to get into the word. But that's really an important key to the gospel, that God so loved us that he made a way that we could have a direct relationship with him. This idea of eternity is something that a lot of our non-believing atheistic uh, friends uh, just dismiss. And uh, we're going to cover this issue in our last podcast on this series. So I don't want to kind of step all over that. But I want to segue to this second part of the series, focused on what is our responsibility as believers in Jesus Christ, those of us who have come to understand and love the power of the gospel. And there's really two things that I want us to focus on, and and I think we're only going to have time in this second podcast in the series on the first one. And again, as I like to make this uh, practical and Nancy and I have talked uh, on numerous occasions about pulling out your Bible app and doing searches. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's interesting is there's there's two parts of what it means to be a believer and our responsibility with other believers. And one is that it's important that we come together, that we meet, that we assemble, that we congregate. So where do we get that in the Bible? Well, again, if you're pulling out your Bible app, if we search for the word meet, the interesting thing is you can get anywhere from nearly 300 or even over 300, depending on your Bible version that you're using, for the word meat. So it's kind of large. But if you reduce it to meeting, right, if you put meat in your Bible search, you'll get anything, any verse that has the word meat, M-E-E-T, or has the word meeting, M-E-E-T-I-N-G. So this is a good example where we're talking about meeting as believers in Jesus Christ, that you want to be more specific, not less. And so if you enter in meeting, I-N-G, what you'll find is you get nearly half of those searches, so around 100 to uh, 140, 150 searches. And of those, most of them are in the Old Testament. And as we've talked before, if we focus more on the New Testament, unless we're looking for some specific Old Testament verse, you find you 
able to read a few of those and quickly get to what you're looking for. And the beauty is if I'm using the uh, New American Standard Version, which I tend to use, if I put in the word meeting, I get three New Testament verses. And one of them that's very important lands on Hebrews mm -hmm. chapter 10, verse 25. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to focus on is three verses there, verse 23 through 25. And what it says is, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our meeting together as some have a habit to do, but encouraging one another and all the more as the day approaches. So here we're told in Hebrews by the writer of Hebrews that we're supposed to meet, to assemble. Right, right. And what does that mean? I think that 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 word, right, that we've just spent some time uh, looking things up in Bible app. So what does it mean to assemble? What does it mean to meet? And yeah, there is so, there are the yeah, the conversation so, starts here. Yeah, it does start here. And how many times, and I, I'll speak for myself, a lot of times I'll speak with people who say, yeah, I'm a believer, but I don't go to church. And they said, oh, that's interesting. And why is that? And they go, well, you know, I have my own relationship with God. I don't really feel like I need to go hang out with other church people. Mm -hmm. Do you get that kind of response on occasion? Absolutely. Um, yes. And I have, you know, I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw this out there, Bob, um, not to throw a monkey wrench into this, but I have found myself from time to time as a believer, almost having that same thought, honestly, if I'm being very honest and I'm not, I'm not endorsing that thought. I'm just being honest. Cause I think there are reasons that, uh, that people say that. Right. So there's, well, yeah. and, and that's yeah. a good point, because and especially in today's technology, well, here we are doing a podcast. Right. right. And yeah. it's important that we use technology in a positive way. And our right. church and, and many others uh, will stream or broadcast their services online. And that's incredibly helpful for those who can't physically make it to church that day, for example, right. or people who physically can't make it to church for any reason. Right. Right. Yes. So, yeah. And that's, that's the thing too. So I'm going to, yeah. And I think we, let's, let's talk about that. Cause there's some, I don't want to get so much into the weeds that I'm forgetting the essence. So I'm going to come back to the essence of, so this, this verse that you just shared, right. Not forsaking the assembly, uh, not, you know, so meeting. So what does it mean to meet? So, what we're being told there without mincing words is you got to get together, right? You can't just, to your point, you can't just be a lone ranger. You can't, um, and it is, it's more than just a should. It's like, no, we're, we're, it, this is baked in this whole idea. Remember a few minutes ago, I talked about union with God, right? So mm -hmm. God himself is fellowship, right? Father, son, Holy spirit. He lives in community, even within himself. So yes. he sets that example. So if he needs community, if Jesus surrounded himself, right, with the 12 and, and you know, if Jesus did not forsake 
that community. We need it all the more. So we are built for connection and community. And that's what the assembly is. That's what meeting together is. It's more than just going to a, you know, 45 minute service, sing a song and go home and, you know, eat a cookie in the atrium or whatever. It's there, there's a reason that we need to assemble because we're not meant to live this life out alone. No, we're not. And I like how the reader of Hebrews starts out with this whole idea concept of, of meeting and assembling by saying, let us hold fast to the confession of the hope we have without wavering. Well, I, I think that is so critical because let's face it, as Christians, we're in an increasingly hostile world where we're being bombarded with things that don't make sense to us. Things don't don't add up. And being able to share the conviction of that hope. And of course, we've talked, in, in fact, now that we brought up the Isle of Misfits, Nancy and I had the wherewithal to do a, I think it's a three-part series. You can correct me, Nancy, if I'm wrong. During COVID, and mm. we were doing, the theme was hope in the madness. Oh, yes. It was a four-part series. Yes. Four, it was there hope. you go. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Hope in the madness and the sadness and craziness, I, I think, was the craziness. One. Yeah. And there was one more. I need a little more coffee so that will kick in my brain. But yeah. Yeah. And that that the whole point of what we were saying about the hope was that there was a sense of assurance there. And as Christians, believers in Jesus Christ, our hope is not a fabricated hope. Our hope rests on the truth that we have moved from the darkness to the light and that we have eternity and that eternity. So this time here on this earth is momentary, as Paul would say, and we will one day be with the Lord, praising him and communing with him in heaven and glorifying him. And and that hope is not a wishy-washy hope. It's a certainty, right? Right. And so when we are bombarded by the world and we see all these troubling things, it's really, really restful for our souls to come together with other brothers and sisters where we can talk about the light, where we can talk about that future hope that we have. Right. That is absolutely true. And that is the essence of of what we're talking about by assembling and meeting. It's really about encouraging, right? Because it's right, it's baked into that verse, but encouraging one another, right? Um, Because we need each other. And that is why Paul is 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 admonishing us there that we we need that it's not just well you got to fulfill your obligation and make sure you show up and check off the attendance it's so much more than that right the gospel and again in its essence is an invitation and everything after that is an invitation and it doesn't mean that everything is all it's always oh it's always going to be a party no sometimes it's actually hard but it's still like anyone who's had a friendship a marriage right a a son a daughter a brother a sister you know you know relationships are beautiful but it's not always easy it's not always fun but what in life is always easy and fun anything that's worthwhile there's going to be some things to overcome and and that's why we need each other because bob you have something 
that I need. And apparently I might have something that, you know, that, that you need, which again, always amazes me, but that's, that's, that's a reflection of how God wired us, right? Cause yeah. none of us is the complete package in and yeah. of ourselves. That's we, right. You know, I, people tease, you know, this like, <laughs> I'm throwing up pop culture here, but you know, I always think of that Jerry Maguire thing. You, Oh, you complete me. And, Oh, that's so sappy and stupid. And we could get into that, but there is some truth in that is that we do complete each other. Even if we're whole, you know, we should be whole and healthy. Hopefully in our relationship, God is healing us and doing all these things to transform us. But the best version of myself still isn't enough. That's, that's why we need each other, right? I can't do everything myself. I need other people and other people. So, and I'm a, I'm a piece of a puzzle or, you know, whatever analogy you want to, you want to build off of that, but we're not the whole thing, but we are, we're a part of it and that's how it works. That's right. And we are a very important part of it in the sense that we're a piece and yeah. uh, without each other, we make the whole less beautiful, if I can put it that way. And it goes back to before creation, doesn't it? I mean, in the end, the Godhead is a plurality and they commune together. And then if we look at Christ, the incarnate Christ here on earth, as you had mentioned earlier, he had disciples mm -hmm. and he didn't have these disciples just to commune with them, though he did, but he had also them so that he could teach them the truth. And that's the other reason why we really ought to come together. If we're a lone wolf, for the lack of a better word, uh, mm -hmm. sure, we can be in scripture, sure, we can read, we can, we can do all of these things, but sometimes we need to be fed, don't we? Uh, I think always we need to be fed. Yes. Um, sometimes we feel hungrier than other times. Is that <laughs> we're hungrier? But yeah, sometimes we're more aware of that hunger than others. At some point, you gotta you gotta eat, right? <laughs> because we're designed that we need the fuel. And I'm speaking literally, but I'm I'm also speaking spiritually, metaphorically. We man does not live on bread alone, right? Yes, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus himself said it. That's right. And I, I think of Jesus not only as the example in the way in which uh, he conducted his earthly ministry, but even after, after his death and resurrection, I'm always reminded, and I love the story of the uh, two men on the road to Emmaus and how mm. Christ comes to story. him. Yeah. Oh, it's so wonderful, isn't it? And I, I love how Luke puts it, and he opened the scripture to them and essentially he was teaching them how in the old testament because that was their scripture at the time that christ revealed to them where he was revealed or is revealed in the old testament what a bible study that was mm, absolutely i just that, that story it's that that story is one of the text proofs of God's sense of humor. I love that story, <laughs> right? Yeah, because he's like, oh, tell me, you know, you don't know what's going on. Oh, tell me. Um, but that's another rabbit hole. I won't go down right now. But but yeah, he's he was revealing things. And as he, you know, as he's revealing things in the scripture, they said later, oh, didn't our hearts burn within us? Like their eyes are being opened. 
Yes. And that's why, again, we need each other. Iron sharpening iron, right? Because the truth, the truth is above us all, you know, in terms of, you know, it's, we could not manufacture it ourselves, but in Christ, Christ in us reveals through the Holy Spirit what the truth is, but we still need each other. Because as you said, being that lone wolf or being, you know, that person thinks, oh, I don't need the church. Well, you know, it's it's easy if you go down that road, you know, that, no pun intended with the Emmaus Road, but to go off in, in your own direction, it's it's easy to kind of, oh, I got most of the truth, but let me add this, you know, or let me take away that. And then once you start going down that road, it becomes another gospel. That's right. And that's why we, we need to encourage, admonish, and hold, you know, hold each other lovingly accountable. Like, no, no, no. I mean, that's a good idea, but let's remember what the word says. That's right. And, you know, their response, once Christ was with them, broke bread, their eyes were completely opened, as right. you said, and their heart burned. And what was their response? They immediately got up. Here it is in yeah. the evening, dark's about to fall. They don't really want to be out on the road. They are so moved by the truth, the truth that was taught them. They go back right. to and Jerusalem, sure. yeah. right? Yep. And yep. share it with their brothers and sisters. Right. Um, and that's what really uh, can do for us. And I think also is Paul's a great example in his missionary journeys. The first thing he did is he went into a particular locality and he wanted to meet with the Jewish leaders in that area. And sometimes there was enough males. I think the requirement was 10 males of standing that could, uh, that would constitute a synagogue. And if there were enough uh, males in of standing in that particular town, they would meet regularly in the same way we do with church, in the same way that uh, the Jews do today in their synagogues. And he would first go there because they understood the scripture, meaning the Old Testament. And like Christ, Paul would teach them where Christ shows up in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. So again, like you said, this these were not mega assemblies. You know, we see we see in the in the Bible, especially in the book of Acts, you know, these huge gatherings of people and four thousand were added to that number, or three thousand or five thousand were added. But most of these assemblies were they were small. They were small, right? And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong, nothing against bigger churches, right? You and I go to a, a somewhat big church and that's right. That's good too. But the the point is to assemble. The point the point is to find other believers, get together on that regular basis, like you said, and encourage each other, admonish each other, pray together. I mean, that's what the assembly is. So I want to, I don't want to jump too far ahead of you, but I, I'm, a, I'm just giving you a little heads up. I think we need to spend some time talking about, all right, we've established this, but why? I, I, I gave you a heads up at the Let's beginning go there. of this podcast. Yeah. So at the beginning of our conversation, I kind of threw this out there saying, you know, sometimes I've, I've felt like that, you know, that person like, oh, I don't know that I want to. And I don't think I'm alone in that. No, you're not. And Count me as one. Right. And I think and we need to talk about, all right, there are reasons some, you know, some more on their face illegitimate than others if to put it that way you know some people don't want to go to church 
So I think what you're trying to say is there's a heart reason for whether you want to attend church and whether you attend church online or just not wanting to gather, right? Well, yeah. I mean, so the online thing to me is a separate discussion because so mm-hmm. I, get, I guess there's two categories. There's people that like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't need church at all. I, you know, the the forest is my church, you know, that, that, <laughs> that. and, and we could talk about that too. And then there are Christians like, yeah, um, I'm completely fine. I don't have health issues, I, but I just don't want to deal with people. So let me just, let me just watch it online. Right. So that's another category. Right. Right. And yeah. And then, and then that third category is, you know, you're with online. It's like, no, there's people that would love to, if they could get together, but they can't. So we have this option. So, yep. But I guess what I wanted to talk about is, you know, these, 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 those people out there, you know, that like, oh, I don't need church. I think there are a variety of reasons why. And it's not to say that they're right. It's not to say that the scripture is wrong because we know the scripture is right. That's our standard. Right. Um, but sometimes I think we, we too easily gloss over or dismiss, okay, like you just said, a heart issue. There's, there's something going on. There's a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you were to listen long enough, like, all right, what is what is that reason? Let's let's get let's get underneath the let's lift up the hood and see what's going on there. So let's do that. And do um that. I I think number one, let's talk about those who are not able to attend first, because that's the easiest one. Right. right. The fact the fact that they want to come mm-hmm. to a service online, if you will or through YouTube on their TV, however they get there. Mm-hmm. That's a good heart. That's someone saying, I can't physically, for whatever reason, get out of the house right. to go congregate. So I still want to feel connected. I still want to be fed. And when we talk about being fed, it's it's the, the whole experience. It's learning about scripture because hopefully your pastor and your service is in scripture and illuminating scripture as it was written then and relates today as it does. Right. Yeah. And yes, I think that was well put. And I and I think for this this group of people that we're talking about, you know, it's like this is my reality. I want to do what I can do within my reality. That's and in right. some ways, you know, I, this is the way my brain works. You know, I think about that parable of the talents, right? The ten, the five, mm. the 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 two or the five three one whatever so one of my takeaways from that story is like okay what are you what are you doing with what you have right yes. and that's what we're held accountable for so you know for those people that you know I have a desire to go I can't go but I'm gonna make the best of it I'm 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 just gonna seek what I can get I think that's a beautiful thing that is a, I mean that's that's the the heart of assembly is I just want to do what I can do within the resources that I have. That's right. So then there's the other group like me, (laughs) maybe like you, Nancy, where, where, where there are times we just can't make it. And when I say can't make it, that's probably not fair. When uh, I have had just too busy a week, too busy a weekend, and I'm just spent, and just not ready to go and to meet and congregate with people. Uh, I'm one of those people. 
I have those times where, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not making church today. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Yes. And I think that's, that's a, that's a fair discussion too. I think, you know, busyness, uh, oh, I'm, I'm tired. I don't feel well. So I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm going to miss church this week or, or maybe, maybe I'll miss a, a, a couple weeks. So to me, that's a, that's an attendance issue. And in my mind, that's a little bit different than a mindset of, no, I just don't want to be there. Right. Or I'm too mm. busy for months or years. So again, there's something, there's something going on underneath the surface. So, so I'm going to put myself, my, my category is a little it's a little bit darker than that. So, um, well, let's, so, let's yeah. go there. So, shall we? Right. Because, and I, and I know I'm not alone in this, but I can only speak for myself. Um, and I'm saying this as a Christian, as someone who, you know, holds the word over as the banner over my life. So I'm not saying the word is wrong. I'm just, I'm just admitting something. There are times when, yeah, I know I should go should, right. That's the operative word. I should. Be. Right. Um, and so I've already got a mindset of should going, um, but man, and, and you know what, I, 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 you know, I love people, but I just can't deal with people. So, and that temptation is so strong. I'll use whatever. Oh yeah, I'm busy. Oh, I don't feel well, you know, for, you know, and I'm just saying that potential is within me to just, you know, take, yo, Hey, I got that out. I got online church or whatever, or. I got the forest or I, you know, there's something going on within me that if I followed that road, if I walked down that Emmaus road, it would be very easy for me to justify, oh yeah, you know, I just don't have time or, or I don't feel well. Yeah. My, my schedule is so busy or no, I can commune with God and, you know, and I think a lot of people are in that boat. And I'm talking yeah. about believers, let alone unbelievers, because they don't, why would they want to go to church? Because they don't believe. But I think there's a lot of people in that category. Well, that's so honest. And we are talking about believers. And I, I think what I'm hearing you say is, in all honesty, mm -hmm. that's just the reality that mm -hmm. we face as Christians right. when we have that kind of you called it a dark feeling. I think that's a little strong, uh, mm. but I think, again, that's honest. The challenge there, right, is that it not become a pattern. There's nothing wrong with feeling spent with just saying, excuse or not, I just don't want to go. I, I just don't want to go. What you're talking about or what I hear you talking about is um, that's fine. That's okay. Even if it's coming from deep down and there's a sense of, of, of foreboding there, that the, the challenges did not make it a pattern where it becomes an every occurrence excuse. Right. So and I'm so I'm going to push a little harder and I'm really pushing it myself. I'm probably, you know, uh, please do. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm counseling myself or maybe the Holy Spirit is counseling me as I as I say these words, because. It's yeah, the pattern for sure. It can become a pattern easily, but I, I really believe that, that what God is more interested in, it's not like, okay, well, yeah, sometimes we do things that we don't feel like doing and that, and that's good, right? That's, you know, that's a sign of maturity and character, right? Cause we don't, if we always did what we felt like doing and never did what we didn't feel like doing, then our life is a mess. So there's the practicality of that, but I really believe the Holy spirit is always more interested in the why rather mm -hmm. than, you know, the what's going on 
right? Then, right. okay, well, just, just, I mean, because the Pharisees are an example of that. Hey, they, they did it all. They attended church. They, they, they did their 10th of, you know, cumin or whatever, you know, like they, they followed the rules. Maybe they didn't always feel like it. And they probably felt very proud. Look, I'm following all the rules and I'm doing, and I'm showing up and, um, but their hearts were far from God by and large. And that's what I'm getting at. So it's, yeah, I can just, um, you know, soldier up and push through and just keep showing up every week. But if there's something going on in my heart that, that I've not allowed God to address, it almost, I don't want to say it doesn't matter that I'm showing up, but it's like, I I'm just, I'm living on the surface and God's just like, okay, what is it? What is it? Why, why don't you want to deal with people? What's going on there? Let's, let's talk about that. And I think that's super important because until that is addressed and, and, and we, I allow Jesus to, to speak to me there, I'm just going to be living on that surface. I really like that. Really what you're talking about, when you're talking about the Pharisees, you were talking about, well, yeah, sure, they were disciplined. Right, right. But they didn't have the heart. And and I think what you're saying is, Christians, sometimes we we do have to examine ourselves. That we have to examine our, our hearts and say, why do we, on the one hand, feel that we have to go to church as in as if it's a a requirement mm -hmm. without the right heart sense or why do I want to not go mm -hmm. and what's going on? And, and I think that really what it's, it's a beautiful point you're bringing up for all of us who are Christians. If we have those feelings, if we have that sense, it's it, it, it's the spirit talking to us and saying, wait a minute, time mm -hmm. out. Right. Let's examine what's going yeah. on here. Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, a little while ago, you referenced that series we did during COVID. So perfect. I mean, that's a perfect example. So what did COVID do? COVID is like, you know, don't go out there in that dangerous world where you could get sick. And um, so we were told that for literally years. Right. Um, and right. along with that was, you know, this. And at first it seemed a very reasonable thing. No, you be considerate, stay home, stay safe, stay home. Those are the two words. There's two phrases we heard over and over and over again. Stay safe, stay home, stay safe, stay home. Um, and I think that that's set up a, a talk about a pattern. I think that that's set many of us up for this pattern of, okay, well, it's, it's safer at home. And mm. for me, again, I'm just talking for myself. I realized over time, even though ironically, like, like in my case, for different reasons, I couldn't really stay home. There were things going on that that required me to be out of the home. And that was actually a gift, right? So mm -hmm. I That's so right. physically, it wasn't an issue for me, like this fear. But I realized something else was coming over me. And that was like, you know, I kind of like this hermit life. I kind of like having this past because, you know, it's crazy out there. People are crazy. People that I thought we were on the same page were not on the same page. And, and I'm stepping on their toes. They're stepping on my toes and I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And I started to feel that way. I'm just done with people. Um, right. I, I love you on an individual basis, but I don't want to be in a crowd of you because it's, it's a minefield. And that's, that's what st started to happen in my heart over that period of time. And it took, you know, it, and, and it's still, I don't, I don't want to say, oh, and I lived happily ever after it's all resolved. It's been this ongoing thing with, with between the Holy Spirit and me. It's like, no, you know, I don't want you to hide. I've not made you 
to to be a recluse. I've made you to come out. You yes. need to come out. You need to offer yourself. And you know what? It's not always going to be pretty, but that's why I'm here, right? In this world, you will have many troubles. We've heard this. We've heard that, right? We um, have. Jesus said it, but take heart, right? He has overcome the world, and He's called us to come out of that what we deem as a safe place, because really, that safe place is not so safe. It's it's yeah. it's not, and in fact, that's exactly it. It's it's not only that you needed to come out to be with other people. And I know you don't think of things in this way because you're an incredibly humble individual, but there's a lot of people that needed you to come out to hear what you had to say, to just experience your presence. And and in the end, that's why we come together. Right. And you talked about the mega church or the big church, and we're certainly a part of one. But what I love about the big churches like ours is they're emphasizing and ever so more emphasizing us going even deeper into smaller churches and to spend time we call them bible study groups right Mm -hmm. and uh we also create um special meetings for people with similar needs uh you probably have more uh uh can speak better to that than I can, but I know we we deal with people who have sort of gone through troubled relationships, whether it's divorce or whatever. These yeah. are the other yeah. ways that even a large church is is really saying, hey, you know what? What you're going through is important. And it's not only important that you have people that uh, can help you go through it because they've done similarly, but you can be equally as helpful for them. And I'm just talking about simply smaller groups getting together to talk about scripture where we can learn even more than just what we can learn through our pastors on a Sunday service. Right. That's so beautifully put. And that is, that is the essence, right? It's community, what we're talking about. So we do have all kinds of um, different opportunities for community, whether it's Bible studies, right? We call them simple churches is a, is a term we use in our church, Um, but just, you know, smaller gatherings of the saints. That's, that's the essence of church assembling, Um, you know, and I do want to speak to, you know, that, that Sunday service. So here's the other thing during COVID that I, that I, that I realized, um, because we we are blessed that we you and I are part of a of a church community that in the at the earliest possible time in our state um there was a time when we were told you can't meet um but at the earliest possible time we did when and not a prideful thing but many other churches were were navigating through that and um but you know god bless our pastor and the Amen. team they said you know what? no we're we're going to meet now that now that we can we're going to do it safe and you know so we did. And I remember those days showing up and we were all six feet away from each other. But but just after months of not being able to do that, to be in a room with a lot of people, just to look around the room, we're all singing together. We're all, you know, we're all in that room together. And even if we're not necessarily talking to each other, because at a church service, you're not really talking to each other. Um, you're all focused right. on what's going on. But but we were assembled and there was power in that seeing the body of Christ in one room, worshiping together, right? Listening Mm. to the word. There's, there's something powerful, even in just in that it's encouraging, but I think there's, there's a special unity 
and being physically present with one another. There really is. There's so much to that. And, And in the case of a small Bible study, that's a different environment where right. you can come ask questions That's right. of the group, right? That's we right. we don't necessarily do that, interrupt the pastor in a, in a Sunday service and right. say, hey, w- what do you mean by that, right? Mm-hmm. But if, mm-hmm. if you also have the opportunity to go to a smaller group. And that's what Paul was doing when he was going on his missionary journeys. He was getting people together, letting them ask questions, showing them where Christ shows up in the gospel, this in this, uh, or the, where the gospel shows up in the Old Testament, which actually it does. Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother podcast, perhaps. Right. Um, and all to say, I guess to sum it up, Nancy, and and please weigh in here, you know, if you're attending church and you feel that it's just something you do as a requirement, first off, your persistence is rewarded. Mm-hmm. But second of all, I think you maybe need to spend some time with yourself, with our wonderful and glorious God in Scripture, trying to understand why that is. What is what feels empty in your heart mm-hmm. that you feel like mm-hmm. this is just a requirement and not a passion. Mm-hmm. And for for those of us who can't make it, and if it's a um, a circumstantial thing, whether it's your own physical inability or the fact that you literally are going somewhere for an obligation, I don't think you need to think too much about that if your pattern is that you thirst for -hmm. being with other believers in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Well put. And then I would say, finally, if you espouse to be a Christian and you can say deep in your heart that you truly are a follower of Jesus Christ, but you don't have a need to hang out with other Christians for whatever your motivation and reason. I think what we're suggesting is it's time for you to take stock and to really look at your heart and say, Mm -hmm. why is it that I think that Mm -hmm. I am better off going it alone and being on my own? And I just don't see a need to be what we would call fellowship in fellowship with other Christians. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. I think you summarized that quite well and amen. Well, great. So kind of to tease next, uh, the next uh, part of our series, we're still going to stay on uh, the fact that we have this glorious gospel. We've already talked about being uh, believers in Jesus Christ that one of our desires And uh, one of our hopes is to be around other Christians where we can lift each other up and where they can lift us up in a mutual fashion. Next time we're going to pick, we're going to take a look at why we are in scripture, why we need to be reading the word of God. And if we're not, why, what's going on there? What's going on as a heart issue? And we're going to focus, so I can tease it this way, on a verse in First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. And uh, so I look forward to that part of our series, Nancy. Love it. Teaser. So so your homework out there in examining scriptures land, look up First Peter 2, verses 2, or two chapter 2, verse 2. And uh, yeah, then you'll be ready for next time. 
thank you for another uh, great conversation, Nancy. Thanks, Bob. This is great. Looking forward to the next time. As am I. Well, there you have it. We've enjoyed our conversation today and hope that you feel more equipped to examine Scripture to find what God has to say about the important circumstances you're facing in your life. Until next time, examine the Scripture, drink from the Word of Life, and let the Bible feed your spirit.